You're listening to Stocks for Docs, a podcast to educate healthcare professionals to build wealth through value investing in the stock market. I'm your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Stocks for Docs. I am your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo, and thank you so much for joining me once again for another episode of Stocks for Docs. Uh, for those of you who have been following along, you know that we talk about financial literacy and we talk about investing and on all things to do with money uh, and how to make more of it, how to keep it and how to keep building it. And today I wanted to take a minute and talk a little bit about retirement. Now, the reason I'm doing this is because I actually have um, a couple of announcements in my personal life that I wanted to make on this episode. Uh, and it really got me to think about retirement um, as well as um, just, you know, taking a break. So I'll back up a little bit. As you all know, I had my third child last year in September. And during my maternity leave, I can tell you that I was at some point pretty overwhelmed. Um, you know, three for some reason, three kids kind of tipped the balance for me. I think two we were handling pretty well, but you know, once you get to three, you're sort of outnumbered, if you will. And so, you know, I kind of struggled with that concept a little bit. And my my middle child, my three-year-old, really didn't take it easy um, when we did have the baby, you know, transitioning for her to become a middle child from being our baby prior to, to our son uh, was really difficult. And that made it difficult for me as well. And so, you know, there were a lot of times, and it wasn't just fleeting moments. Initially, I thought they might have just been fleeting moments. But I kept coming back to this, like, gosh, you know, they need me. Like, my kids at this point in their lives just need me. They just wanted me. They wanted my attention, my love, my focus. You know, they wanted their mom. And I was just a thought, just the thought of going back to work was kind of daunting. And I was like, God, how am I going to pull this off? And I know that there are moms out there who have three, four, or even five kids and do it amazingly well and hats off. And I, I really worship you because I was, I was struggling. Um, and I also didn't want to leave them. I felt like, you know, they're not going to need me like this forever. Uh, but there's something natural about bonding with your with your kids when they're that young and seeing my my middle child Amelia, my three year old, you know, have such a difficult time with the transition. I wanted to spend the time with her and ease her into it as best as I could. So, you know, as most of you know, I work at a pretty large academic institution. Uh, up in Northern California. And it has honestly been my dream job in every way. Um, it's been my only job since uh, my full-time, only full-time job since I finished training for the past, you know, over 10 years now. And it was, it's been a great place to start. It's been a great place to kick off my career, uh, sort of make my mark in my niche, in my practice. And I really have had an, an, an amazing time um, and, an, and a really fortunate to be part of such a, a fantastic community um, and department. Uh, but I started to feel that I needed a change. 
And I'm not talking about I need to retire or leave medicine. That really was not even on my mind. But I just needed to pause. That's what I came to. I came to like if all things were equal and if I could truly get what I wanted in my life, forget about social norms and what's acceptable and what you can and cannot do. But if I really was being honest with myself, what I wanted was to not work or work very little for the next one to two years, manage and live through the beautiful chaos that is my life with my family um, until, you know, things are a little bit more stable and we build a new routine, a new normal for my family. And at the same time, be able to maintain my lifestyle, right? I don't, you know, just because now say I don't work, I didn't want to make any big financial changes in my lifestyle. And so I said, that's what I want to do. So how now, now that I've said it out loud, how am I going to achieve that? Or how can I achieve that? And so I spoke to my husband about it. And we went back to our finances. We looked at our investments and our wealth that we've built over the last many years. And we were pleasantly surprised to realize that we could do it. That if I fully stopped working for the next two years, that all would be well, that we could continue our lifestyle, that we could, um, I could take that break, that much needed time. And, you know, when things, when I felt leveled off, I could do it for up to two years and then I could go back. And if I were able to work part-time or per diem during that time, well, then that would make it all the more easier. And so I slept on it. I prayed on it. I dreamt on it. I talked to my friends. I deliberated. I meditated because, gosh, making a decision to not work or stop working is kind of insane uh, in some ways. But I'm happy to fully confirm that I have decided to do it. I have spoken to my boss and I am going to be doing it come May of this year, which is just a few weeks from now. Um, so I am thrilled and excited and happy that I have made this big decision for myself and my family. I truly feel that it is the right decision for us in this time in my life. Um, and so, yeah, so that is that. And that is the power, my friend, of having this options, these options because 101% because of the investing and the wealth that we have built because of our investing in the past eight to nine years now. Uh, I really, truly would not have been able to even dream about doing this or having this be a possibility for me. And I am planning to continue to work a few, a couple, like two to three shifts maybe per month in the next uh, couple of years. I'm giving myself up to two years. Of course, if I want to go back sooner, I, I will. If I if I want to uh, take it longer, well, you know, we'll cross that bridge at that time. But that is the plan. And so all of this thinking and thoughts and um, about changes really got me thinking about, well, what about long-term? Well, I'm doing this now for two years, but what about retirement? You know, when can I stop working? Because we talk more about that, but I still think having a plan is important. Um, and so we, my husband and I really buckled down and really 
got our Excel sheets out and started to jot down some numbers and made some plans. And along the way, I've learned a few principles and did some research about how to plan for your retirement that I wanted to share on our episode today. So when you talk about your retirement, you're really talking about, well, okay, you know, when is it that I can completely stop working and then live off of, you know, some kind of fund or some kind of savings for the rest of my life? And that's a tricky question because, you know, how do you know how long you're going to live for? And how do you know how much money you're going to need at that time? And what priorities are you going to have? And what kind of lifestyle are you going to want to live? There's so many unknowns, which is why it was always hard for me to truly, in any actual way, kind of come up with that. Uh, But, you know, everybody dreams about wanting to retire early. I mean, it sounds amazing. Hey, I'm going to stop working altogether when I'm 50 years old or 60 years old. Um, And that sounds amazing. But then what? How do you know what you're going to have is enough? Well, I think there are some, there's a lot of literature out there and there's a lot of financial planners and people who really um, focus on just that question and how to come up with plans. And I have spoken to a couple of them now uh, and I've read a lot of uh, literature and blogs and uh, articles and even books about this. Um, and this is what I have sort of distilled it out to be. So the average age of retirement in the United States is 67 years old. I can tell you right now that that's too old for me. I just cannot imagine working in this field, at least up until that age at this point in my life. You know, that's about, gosh, almost 30 years for me. And, you know, no, I, I don't think I could do this or I have this in me for that many more years. But that is the average age of retirement. I will say that because of the pandemic and all the changes that that brought, it actually made people retire early because of changes that were forced upon them, uh, businesses and financial uh, changes and decisions that were made at major corporations. And so a lot of people, I think something like 3 million Americans were actually able to retire early in 2001. And the the data shows that people continue to want to explore this possibility of retiring early. Uh, there's people at the people of 55 and older. There's a huge amount of people that are thinking in that age group about, or hoping at least, to retire sooner than they'd hoped for. You know, can they retire 10 years earlier or 20 years earlier? So if you do want to, or you are considering it, and you know you can consider a break or a a mini retirement, as I'm going to call this, um, the next two years of my life. Uh, But you are, you know, if you are planning for it, I think there's a couple of things that you can do. And I can tell you that the biggest challenge for me was trying to figure out what kind of lifestyle you want to live. I think, you know, you think about, okay, if you have families, you have commitments, you have children, okay, how old are they going to be? You know, what are their needs going to be? What are your needs going to be? What are your interests? What are your hobbies? What do you want to pursue? Do you want to live in a, a community that has a golf course? And are there going to be membership fees? Do you want to travel twice a year uh, internationally? Um, do you want to downsize your house? Do you want to get a bigger house? Do you want to get a house by the water? Do you want to buy a boat and live on it? What is it that you want to do? And on average, it's drastically going to change the cost of your lifestyle now. So the first thing you can do is actually think about what the cost of your lifestyle is currently. And I will 
highly recommend you do this on paper. I thought I knew how much our lifestyle cost until I did this in this past couple of weeks. And I literally created a, a, a web, a web uh, excuse me, an Excel sheet. And I had, and you can get this online if you just Google it, but I had a web sheet or an Excel sheet and I had, um, basically jotted out all of my expenses. I had a couple of different sections in there. One was housing. So my, of course, my mortgage, my home insurance, insurance, any kind of uh, HOA fees, property taxes, property maintenance, any other rental or secondary properties that you own, list all of that in there. Then I had a section for utilities. So electricity, gas, water for each of your properties, cable, home, internet, your cell phone, then you talk about healthcare. If uh, you have health insurance, co-pays, life insurance, dental, hearing, vision, long-term care insurance, disability insurance, and then any other family care, you know, are you paying for fa- other, uh, maybe your parents or your children or other folks? Next, I had food and personal care. You know, these are your groceries, your dining out, your clothing, um, you know, sort of your maintenance products, as I call it. So your dry cleaning, you know, your my haircut and salons and that kind of thing, vacation and travel, um, fitness memberships, all of that would be in that space. Then I had transportation. Um, so if you own cars, you know, if you if you lease cars, what are your monthly payments? If you own a car, what are your car payments? Your loans, if you have auto loans maintenance and services, insurance, taxes, and gas or fuel if, if you, you, know, you, you commute and have large expenses there. Next is education. This might be a big one if you have children like myself. So you know, anticipating if you're paying right now for, for education or what you anticipate it to be for the next however many years. Uh, don't forget, besides tuition, there's often, uh, you know, food and room and board and books, etc. that come along with that. And then there's everything else, you know, if you do charity giving income taxes, uh, in all your subscription services, club memberships, if you have pets, you may have pet insurance, pet maintenance. Um, and then if you gift gift people or estate transfers, anything like that. So that's a pretty large list that I came up with. And I put the dollar amount, how often these payments are made, and sort of added it all up to get my grand total. And I can tell you it was way more than I thought it was that I thought it was. And it's definitely a great exercise just to sort of make you aware, if you will, of your spending, because I think we definitely, definitely um, tend to underestimate it. So once you kind of do all of that, now you have an idea of, okay, this is what my spending is, this is what my lifestyle is. So let's, um, you know, let's figure it out from here. So once you've gotten to all of that, you can now decide, okay, are all these expenses going to stay the same? Are they going to change once I retire, once I stop my job? Maybe your commute will go away. Maybe your kids will be off in college at that time. And so you wouldn't have uh, the current loans or the current education fees that you're paying, or, or they may change, whatever it may be. Go through your list and to the best of your ability, figure that out. That'll give you some sort of an approximate amount of a number per year that you're going to need in order to live the life that you want to live. There's also a 4% rule that people talk about. So a 4% rule is 
is that that amount of money that you came up with, say you came up with $200,000 that, okay, I'm going to need $200,000 per year to live. Well, that means that you need, that is 4% of the total amount of retirement money you're going to need in order to retire. So, so if we come up with 200,000, well, that means that 4% 4% of 5 million is 200,000, which means you're going to need $5 million in your account so that you can draw about 4%, which is 200,000 every year and comfortably retire at least for an average of 25 to 30 years. But don't forget, you also need to take into account inflation, which can be anywhere from 2 to 3% per year. Um, and so you may need to then withdraw a little less or push your retirement out a little more. That tells you approximately when or when, what year you can retire, depending on how long you think you're going to, to live. And so if you say 80 or 90, I can tell you my family, we typically don't live past 80 years old and that's pushing it. So that's kind of my number. Uh, but obviously, depending on what you think is a, an accurate uh, number based on your own family and lifestyle. So now you are at this point where you know, okay, I want to live um, with a $200,000 budget every year from the moment I retire. And if I do that, I can live comfortably for 25, 30 years. Um, but now I need to have that. So I need to have about $5 million in the bank in order to do this the right way. So how am I going to come up with that $5 million? Well, if you haven't already started, this is where, my friend, you need to be investing. This is where you're going to be building towards that wealth. And remember, you can continue to build build wealth while you are in retirement as well. You know, your $5 million does not need to be stagnant. It doesn't need to, you know, in some under your mattress. You don't need to pull it all out the moment you retire. You can continue to invest and you can continue to grow that, but you probably want to have a big chunk of that already out there before you decide or, or have a, a solid plan for us accumulating that as time goes along once you have retired or planning to retire. So we go back to what we've been talking about all along is here is when you have to really truly think about your investment portfolio. If you know that you want to retire 10 or 15 or 20 years, well, you want to get on that bandwagon as soon as you can. Think about your uh, portfolio. Think about those wonderful companies, those companies that are staying the test of time. And currently, if you're looking or following the stock market, it all of what we've talked about so far with the value investing and the companies that we have picked have not fallen and have not uh, you know, have done pretty well compared to a lot of the, the newer growth, hyper um, advertised companies with all the buzz that were going on. You know, I am a huge component, a proponent of tech companies, but even I am happy that I have followed my own advice and stuck with the bigger value companies that have proven themselves and tried and tested the over 10, 15 years uh, where most of my own wealth has been tied into. And so I haven't seen a great fall in those as much as you have seen for other companies, specifically in the tech sector. And again, I'm not planning to fully retire in the next 10 years uh, or even probably 20 years, but 
So I know that this too shall pass. We will recover. I have faith in these companies. I'm not concerned that they're going to go bankrupt and I've lost my money. Um, and so pick those, pick those companies, do the work, do the, put in the time of your practice and listen to our earlier episodes and how to pick great, wonderful value companies that have good bones and foundations that have a competitive edge that have good leaders and come up with the price that makes sense for when you want to buy them, get them on a list. And honestly, this is a great time to keep them on a watch list because the stock market is fluctuating quite a bit right now. We are definitely into a bear market where things are falling, prices are falling. And if you are ready, you can definitely snag some great bargains for some wonderful companies uh, currently. And so start your practice, start investing, get your portfolio together, and start building that wealth towards whatever that goal is that you that you want um, to, to have your retirement uh, be. And that's it. That's how you come around and how you sort of make your plan for retirement. You know, it's not difficult. It kind of makes sense. It's, if you will, you know, it's self-explanatory. The other thing I might say is, you know, think about your debt. You want to make sure that if you have a lot of high debt, be it credit cards, loans, student debt, whatever, your mortgage, that you're, that you're paying a lot of that off as, as much as you can, um, if it makes sense with interest rates, et cetera. But, you know, you do, or you at least want to then take that into account that you will be paying for those as part of your expenses uh, when you're making your, your list of what your expenses are. So those are my steps for kind of how to plan for your retirement. And, you know, you can, like I, like I am doing, uh, and I'm, you know, this is an end of one. This is just me. Um, maybe you can come up with a mini plan for maybe, you know, that, okay, when you're, when you're a certain age or when there's a milestone within your family or something like that, you're going to want to take a year off or two years off. Or I have a colleague at work right now who has taken an entire year off with his wife his three children. And he said that he has planned this. It was like his life's one of his life's bucket list to sail around the world. And he is doing it. He is living that dream. He is actually doing it. We get these daily posts on um, social media uh, and we see his kids and, you know, I'm just so proud of him and his family and inspired and envious all at the same time, because it's just fantastic that he's been able to do it to take the time off and sail literally across the world. He started out in Europe and he's, you know, sailing all over. And it is just a fantastic experience for him, his wife, and something I'm sure his kids will never forget. Um, and so if you have something like that that you want to do, don't be afraid of it. You know, don't be afraid of saying it out loud, of thinking it through and planning for it, because you might be surprised that you can do it. You know, as we all know in healthcare, keep things in perspective. Life is precious. Things can change. And, you know, life can be so fulfilling and wonderful and has lots of dimensions and facets to it. And so go ahead and be brave and make a plan. Uh, be responsible, but don't shy away from your dreams and your goals to really live that best life that you want to, that you deserve to live. 
So with that, I'm going to close this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. Um, I hope that this was helpful, informative, inspiring. Um, please continue to tune in. Send me a note if there are any episodes or um, uh, topics that you want me to cover. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. And until next week, stay well, stay healthy, and cheers. Stocks for Docs is a podcast designed to educate healthcare professionals on building wealth through value investing. Take the first steps towards securing your future and listen weekly. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn as Stocks for Docs.